keep our hands open to the Lord right now as we, Lord, as we are singing that you shall reign forever and ever. We want you to reign now. We want you to come and take residence afresh in our lives. We want you to come and reign in our circumstances. Lord, we want to connect with the eternal life that we've already got. We want it to flow into our lives. And we come here and wait in your presence. Seek you. Ask that you would do a great work in each one of our lives. That's your primary purpose, Lord. To shape and to mold us on the inside. Because if you have your way on the inside, we'll be able to take care with whatever comes on the outside. The Holy Spirit, breathe on us. We've sung to you and we've invited you, Holy Spirit, to come and to meet with us tonight, do the works of the kingdom and glorify the Lord. Lord, while we're here, we're softening our hearts before you, spending time in your presence, spending time allowing you, Lord, like rain to come, like spring rain to come, and to pour yourself upon our hearts and soften us, but also like fire to burn the passions of the kingdom, to burn out the dross and the impurities of life. Because, Lord, you're preparing a people of passion, not the passions of the world, but the passions of the things of God. Come, Lord, Holy Spirit, and stir our souls and our hearts. Breathe coolness into the passions of the flesh and extinguish them. But let the fire of the Holy Spirit and the fire of the presence of God and the things of God, let these things increasingly consume us on the inside, we pray. In Jesus' name. As you take your seats, um, I've got something uh, prophetic that I want to share with you. Uh, we're giving people opportunities today to give thank offerings because not everybody might be with us on Wednesday night when we have our special thanksgiving, but that, that, that will happen later. Um, we call this the Holy Spirit Fire Service, if you're new here today, not because we're claiming anything, but we are pursuing someone and the power and the fire that he has in our lives and I don't have a pulpit here to remind me I'm not here to preach or to teach. That took place at five o'clock. But to more prophesy uh, than preach. And, I, and I, I want to speak really, to, some, to begin with, to some men tonight. Um, welcome to those of you, over a hundred of you at the moment on the internet have joined us. And you're as much part of this gathering as we are here tonight. And I, I was just like praying and just you know, thinking, God, you know, what do you want to do? And God reminded me of a, a poem or some lyrics that um, I hadn't properly read through, but I knew, I knew some of them. And as I read these, I realized that the Lord was speaking two things through what I'm about to read. He was speaking to men, and ladies, you'll have to forgive me, this, this flow is, is speaking to men right here. We've got a lady going to give a testimony later, but this is the way it is. So if you get blessed by it, that's great. But excuse me if I, I'm, I'm speaking to certain men here tonight. And this poem describes you. 
and your situation, although some people might not ever know it. And uh, not only does it describe you, but it also is a reminder to those of us, men and women, that it doesn't describe that there is men out there that are struggling. And I uh, just believe that, that these men were on, heart, on God's heart. I know that there's some in this room tonight. And I know, as I know, as I know, that there's somebody who's watching us right now, a man or men or man who is watching the internet right now. This is you. This is you. God's going to do something. So I'm just going to read these lyrics, these poems. And like I said, some, this is a description of some men. But also, if it's not a description of you, it's meant to touch our hearts and think about the fact that there's some men that are going through these things. You'll meet many just like me upon life's busy street with shoulders stooped and heads bowed down and eyes that stare in defeat for souls that live within the past where sorrow plays all her parts where a living death is all that's left for men with broken hearts. You have no right to be the judge to criticize and condemn. Just think but for, God, but for the grace of God, it would be you instead of him. One careless step, a thoughtless deed, and then the mystery starts, the misery starts. And to those who weep, death comes cheap, these men with broken hearts. Oh, so humble you should be if they come passing by. For it's written that the greatest men never get too big to cry. Some lose faith in love and life when sorrow shoots her darts. And with hope all gone, they walk alone, these men with broken hearts. You never walked in that man's shoes or seen things through his eyes or stood and watched with helpless hands while the heart inside you dies. Some were paupers, some were kings, and some were masters of the arts. But in their shame, they're all the same. These men with broken hearts. Life sometimes can be so cruel that a heart will pray for death. God, why must these living dead know pain with every breath? So help your brother along the road, no matter where you start. For the God that made you made them too. These men with broken hearts. Lord, we just lift up these men with broken hearts to you that you are highlighting today. Those that are in the room here today, those that are that specific person on the internet right now, and those that may pick up this later on. We lift them up, Lord. Men broken. Not the right kind of brokenness. There's a beautiful, sweet brokenness that is health to us. And that's a brokenness before God, where we know what we are, that we're nothing without him, but we know that with him we can be something. That's a beautiful brokenness. That's where God wants all of us to be. But we're not talking about that type of wonderful brokenness that is in fact wholeness we're talking about men that have been broken on the wheel of life talking that about men that have given up dreams given up on life and things have happened in the past 
that have just taken away all feeling in, in, your, in your life and you are you're going, just going through the motions. You're dead, you feel dead on the inside. And um, sometimes you do wish you were dead because you don't see much in life for you. There's men that have been broken and abandoned in relationships. There's men that have had all their dreams crushed. There's men that have had it, lost everything that were at the top of their game. They were at the top of the ladder. They were flying strong. Something hit them and they're rock bottom. There's men that on the outside nobody would know, not even your own family, not even your own wife know. The suffering that you're going on deep in you because you've got a broken heart. God wants to speak to those men tonight, the men with broken hearts, with heads held low, and tell you that you are on his heart tonight and that he has not finished with you. On the contrary, he's got something he wants to do inside you. But some of you, what's happened to you has pushed you away from God. But God is calling you to himself again. God is saying that if you could take the broken-hearted men of this church, of this city, take the broken-hearted men, just the broken-hearted men, there would be enough to take the city and the land for Christ. So if you've given up on life, don't give up on God. Maybe this is the beginning of new life with him, a new path, a new charter. God can take that which is broken in life, that which feels discarded, that which feels so alone, that which feels so emasculated, feels not a man at all. God can take people like that and use them for the kingdom. But he doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to draw near to him for a work of healing in your life. Men with broken hearts can be made whole. And so we pray for you tonight. We ask that God's words to you, whoever you may be and wherever you may be, might set in motion prophetically a whole process of restoration in your life. God would begin to build your life again, back up, brick by brick, line by line, measure by, by measure. In fact, one of the men that I'm speaking to today is you're in the building trade. You're in the building trade. And God is speaking to you and says, just as you repair things and build things out of nothing, you are his building site. Although you might feel that you're rubble and that you've been demolished, God is going to build you up again. And he's going to build something far better than you ever were at the top of your game, involved in some way in the building trade. God is going to build you up 
again. Now, I'm not going to like really give an altar call or anything like this because this is too deep and God is doing a work and it's not just a one-off. It's set in motion, but you're going to need, you need to respond to the Lord in your heart. You need to respond to him and let him do a work. You can't go the path. There's a new path. There's a fork in the road, my friend. The Holy Spirit, there's a fork in the road, my friend. And you need to take the right one. It's a new path. It's a different path. And that's where the Lord is leading you. The path that you're on is not the path for you anymore. There is a new path for you. One of the general, another general word that I've got for this evening, um, which I'll come to in a, a bit later in the scriptures, is uh, the phrase uh, spiritual birthing. Spiritual birthing. There's things that God wants birthed in our lives and experiences that are in his heavenly plans but are not yet manifest on, on earth. Spiritual birthing. And I'm, I'm going to uh, come to that in a minute. I'm going to ask Deborah, if you could come on the platform. Uh, there you are. Come on the platform. This is Deborah and uh, married to Giuseppe. And um, they, last night they had our Italian fellowship meeting together. And a few weeks ago, I had a word for Deborah's. And um, we had Deborah from Talking Hands came up and ministered to her and, and to a few others. But often when you have a word of knowledge or a name, sometimes it's one person, but sometimes God is speaking to a number of people. Last week we had a number of people that had different situations. It was one word, but it brought others. And, and so uh, you weren't at the meeting that Sunday, but somebody had said to you that there was word for Deborah's. Yes. And so um, you, you went to listen to it. So just, just tell us a little bit about that story, about, because people, some people weren't here that night, and some people will have forgotten what, what was said. And, you know, your story about how you heard about the word and how the word spoke into your life, what God is doing, was doing in your life and, and how that helped. Well, this was on the 26th of October. You gave that word and uh, you were calling out Deborah. So I was not here. Usually I watch on the internet. We come in the morning. Uh, but that evening, because I was going through these hard times, it's like I just needed to have a rest, stay with my family, you know, watch a film with the DVD with the kids. But then I, I received a text message from a friend of mine, and she said, Bruce has said your name has prophesied over you. And I was like, okay. And I thought maybe it was for my husband Giuseppe, maybe it was for the ministry, the Italian ministry. So I was waiting for the next day to go on the internet, in, on the KT website, and watch it. And as I watched it, at that moment, the preaching, I really could not see. But the word says, Deborah, God is going to pour out his spirit, his rain. is going to come like a shower. He's going to open the heavens. I did not really like, you know, sometimes you feel like, yes, this is for me. I, was, I did not feel at all like this. Actually, I was sobbing. I was begging God, said, please, let me be one of those Deborah. Let me be that Deborah. Because I was going through such a hard time. But I thank God. You know what? The devil's tried to, to mess around with us. 
just God is so mighty that just turned around the situation for our goodness. So I thank God that today I can give him glory for what he has done. You know, when you go through such a, I never experienced that hopelessness, no hope at all. I was begging every day for God to take me. I said, please come. So I said, please, come. I just can't live here anymore. I did not have hope at all. No future. The way I was seeing this world, it was so hard, so ugly. And I said, please, Lord. But then, you know, there's one thing that I can't stand. I hate the spirit of fear and the spirit of self-pity. So I do take a stand and I say, I'm going to refuse. This is not my portion. So I start to pray. I was praying every single day. And I keep on praying all the time in tongues. I was praising, worshiping. I was doing warfare, spiritual warfare all the time. And the only place where I could feel like having like that oxygen, it was when I was in his presence, when I was at home praying, and when I came in the church. But during all those days, during the days, I was just keep on praying, praying, praying. And then uh, last week, finally, something started to change. And you know, when you feel uh, down, uh, or the way I was feeling, you know, you, you go and listen to those songs like, Raise Me Up, or Whom Shall I Fear? But then uh, my worship was starting to change as well. I was giving thanksgiving. I was, you know, praising Him even more. And it was so dark. Every day, the only color I could see was black. But then last, sun, last Saturday morning, I woke up. And it was like I could see the end of the tunnel and I could see the light. And, uh, and God wo- already was speaking to me, was showing me things, was, uh, was bringing words of comfort. And then uh, um, so I was at the end of the light and as I was worshiping God, the, the heavens, the, you know, that ceiling that you were saying was open. And I could feel really the, the Holy Spirit, how it was filling me. And how it's still filling me. And how it took all the desire of this world away. You know, that sounds, give me, take the word, but give me Jesus. And I know I really mean it now. He's, he's showing me about his kingdom. He's showing me how it cleanses me. And the, the, the preaching that you were talking about, about when you go to thri- trials, it's because God is purifying. And it was, was purifying my heart. And I know he's doing this Amen. in the church. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. God is doing a work in each of our lives. There's a story that God has for every one of our lives. And, and, and we're in that story right now. It's got a beginning. It's got chapters. And it's got an end. You, you are God's story. You're, 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 God. you're not a novel, but you're God's story. He's writing a story. And everything in your story has got purpose and significance. Even the things that you don't think has purpose and significance does have purpose and significance. A senior minister, Colin Dye, was speaking this morning at the 9-11 about wisdom and that how wisdom steps back and sees a bigger picture. When you get into problems... Or when, when, when you, when you uh, be, begin to sort of like doubt or wonder what's happening, 
it's usually because you can't see the wood for the trees. You're too close in a situation. But know that even when there's times you don't understand what's going on, God is in control. He is writing your story. And he wants to write it with you. Is there anybody who's got problems with the mobility of their um, thumb? Problems with your thumb? Is there anyone here? Got thumb, thumb problems? Just come up and we'll just pray for you. I just get this strong feeling. If you've got thumb problems, come to the front. I can't describe it any more than that. But I, just got, I don't know what it is, but I just feel this thing. So if you're upstairs in the balcony, you've got thumb problems, then uh, you know that we'll wait for you. Feel free to come, come down. Just while that's happening, talking about spiritual birthing. And, um, you know, God is wanting to do things in our hearts and God is wanting to do... Come up on the platform, Reg. God is wanting to do things in our hearts and God is wanting to bring change and bring new things. And um, in James chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Now that's interesting because that's just a couple of verses before the end of the book of James. And the book of James is all about how to deal with trials and problems. Yeah, if you've got thumb problems, just come up on the platform. How to deal with trials and problems. And it's interesting that right at the end, having said you need wisdom from above, from God, um, consider it all joy when trials come because maturity, maturity is going to work. Basically, the whole book of James is how to deal with circumstances, tests, trials in your life. That's, that's what it's about. But right at the end, he uses Elijah as an example. He uses Job as an example, but he also uses Elijah as an example. Why? Because the prayer that Elijah went through to bring rain and to manifest rain and to bring a spiritual birthing of a cloud with rain. That process is very similar to the process of prayer in our life when we go through tests and, and situations that brings forth new life and manifestation. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. So, Reg, have you, you've got... What's the matter with your thumb? Uh, <clears throat> when I'm playing the guitar, I... The, um... I get problems uh, with holding the plectrum. How do you mean you get problems? What? What? Um, what? You, how do you mean? It hurts a lot. Uh, I, I get pain along there. Uh, is it mobility okay, or is it hurting? Or uh, I, after uh, persistence, it got, it comes okay. Because you you play your your, your um, guitar evangelistically, don't you? Yeah. Tell them how how you use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I go into nursing homes and day centers, and uh, uh, we got a team that takes a service, and uh, it's every Tuesday, but I also go to see my friends in nursing homes, and uh, we get to sing and worship, and um, praise God, I get a good time to witness to them. Thank Didn't you. you take it into a cafe where non-Christians were or something like that? Yeah, I do those what things. What was that? Yeah. Tell uh, us. Oh, it was in a Muslim cafe. And a man stopped me right outside the shop. 
And he said, I'm hungry, give me some food. And I thought, well, he's right outside the very shop that I go to, the cafe I go to. And he's asking for food, so take him in, give, give him a meal, and I'm having my meal. And he's asking me all about the second coming of Jesus, and, and he's a Muslim. Yeah. And uh, we had a great talk together. Did you get your and guitar out? I didn't have the guitar at the time. <laughs> but you do, did you, but you, I thought you told me once that you took it into a cafe or in, with some group. Is that wrong? Have I got mixed up? Uh, was I thinking of nursing homes? Well, it was in a hospital once. Um, I went to see someone. I just happened to have the guitar with me. And in the ward, they asked me if I would play and play for them as well. What did you play for them? Do you remember? Yeah, he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> How many were in the ward? Was it a big ward? Or? Um, what, four or five of them there. Four or five of them. What did they think of it? They, they liked it. I, I asked permission first. <laughs> and, uh... Yes, good, 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 good. <laughs> well, isn't that wonderful? Taking a guitar and going into nursing homes. And do they like it in the nursing homes? Yeah, they enjoy it. You know, the people who are not, the nurses who are working outside, they leave their trolleys and they start to dance. <laughs> so what, what other songs do you sing in the nursing homes? Um, on the Wings of a Snow White Dove, God Sends His Love. He's a miracle-working God. You do that in the nursing homes? Because they're not Christian nursing homes, are they? They're nursing, they're just... They're, they're very open to... Yeah. yeah thank God. Isn't that great? Very open to... Well, it's a great thing. So we're going to pray for your thumb because that's needed, isn't it? You know, you think... I mean, I thought when I, thought when I got this thing about thumb, I thought, well, what's going to be next? Little fingers. I thought, you know, can't, can't we have, you know, something like... I don't know heart healing or sort of like, you know, head was falling off but got healed or something. But, you know, this thumb is being used for the Lord. So, Lord, we, nothing's too small for you, nothing's too... And your fingers. Would you stand with you? As a congregation, would you stand with you? Reg, in what you're doing, you're taking lover Jesus into some in places and uh, we thank you in the Lord for that and we confirm and affirm you and ask for a greater anointing to be upon you and your outreach and your love that you're pouring out on people in old age many people forget them and you haven't and you're singing to the Lord you might not be the greatest singer in the world but I'll tell you what you take your songs and you take what you've got and you pour it out so we bless you in the name of Jesus receive a fresh anointing for the work that you do and we pray for your thumbs and your fingers God's healing power would come upon them right now that you might be able to play and we pray Lord for an increased anointing on that guitar and on you singing we know that it's not always how well you sing I sung a song a few weeks ago I'm not much of a singer but it touched people's hearts in fact you texted me about it didn't you, you, did you do you sing that song no I woke up that, I woke up that morning yeah. and that song was playing and I recorded it on my mobile and then and in it's the, the same song you were singing that, that, and then that I sang that night. song in the evening yeah um, you raised me up you raised me up you raised me up yeah well Lord we pray that you will raise up Reg with greater ability Lord use him Lord to touch the hearts of people put that anointing upon him Lord thank you for his life and let his hands be healed in Jesus name amen, amen. bless you Reg next uh, Hello, come, come forward, don't be shy. Uh, and your name is? Sue. Uh, do you, you're having thumb problems? or? Yeah. Tell us a, 
about it before we um, know how to pray? I've had what's called um, tenosynovitis, and um, they are loads better, thank God. Yeah. But, um, they're still not quite there, and um, so if I do too much with, with, with them, especially this one, uh, it starts to sort of have a burning pain um, up uh, here, and um, there's not a lot of strength. I need more strength in them. It hasn't really. It's both hands, returned. both thumbs, is it? Yeah, but this one because I use it more. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's all let's all pray. So, what's your first name, Ian? Uh, Sue. Sue. Let's pray for Sue, everyone. We 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 aren't spectators, as we know, we're participators, and it's your prayers that get the work done. Father, we thank you for Sue's life. We ask for your Holy Spirit to visit her right now, on top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, release your strength and your healing power in her life. Lord, we pray specifically for these hands and these thumbs in the name of Jesus. And we speak to this condition in Jesus' name. And we as a congregation speak the words, be healed. Why don't you all just say after me, when I say be healed, you just say it with faith. You know, you can fill your words with faith. We can pray and sing and there can be no faith in it. Or we can just focus and fill our praise with faith and fill our words. Your words are containers that can carry faith and power. So I'm just going to say, Sue, be healed. And I just want you with faith just to simply say, be healed. Sue, be healed. healed. Right through, Father. Total healing is what we're asking for, Lord. We thank you. You've already obviously been working on this hand, Lord. But we ask for total healing total strength, no more pain. These hands would work according to your creative plan, we pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Bless you. Take care. Amen. So, we're talking, we're talking about spiritual birthing. That's a spirit, that is a word for you tonight. It's not, just, it's not a sermon. I'm not preaching a sermon tonight. I'm prophesying. And so there's a word for you spiritual birthing. God wants to birth some new things in your life and experience. Of course, the greatest spiritual birth is what we call the new birth, isn't it? Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, saying you must be born again. That's the greatest birth. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, People forget how important the teaching is of being born again regenerated we call it as well or the doctrine of the new birth and Nicodemus said to Jesus he didn't understand when Jesus said you must be born again he said well that's impossible how do I climb into my mother's womb and come out all over again you see he was thinking on the natural plane you'll find this a lot in the gospel of John people are thinking on a totally different dimension and plane than Jesus is Uh, And they're always missing it because they're thinking natural instead of spiritual because they're so nature-bound. They're so natural-bound. But the things are, spiritual things are actually uh, more permanent than natural things. Natural things are temporary, but spiritual things are eternal. So all that Nicodemus could think about is the physical aspect of being born when you're born into this earth. But Jesus said you need to be born of water and of spirit. When he said born of water, he was speaking about natural birth. When a mother's waters break, that's the time when you know the baby's going to be born. But Jesus said you need to be born also of 
spirit, flesh, in this case he was talking about physical flesh, physical flesh gives birth to physical flesh, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to us spiritually. How are we born again? Well, you know, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father, if you believe that in your heart, you know, you are born again. You are a new creation spiritually on the inside. The old man has passed away, which has condemned everything you were in Adam and Adam's sin is over, and now you are a new man, a new woman. You are born again. That is the greatest spiritual birthing that could ever happen. But also, God wants to birth things in our lives. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, spiritual things, because heaven is spiritual, spiritual things birthed into the earthly realm birthed into our earthly experience, birthed into our earthly life and our earthly circumstance. And as I said, James is speaking to Christians on how to deal with a broken world. We all live in a broken world. This world is broken. I don't know if you've noticed. It doesn't work as it should do. People die at the end of it. None of that was was the way that God created uh, the, the world in Genesis and he said it was good. The fall took place. And now this world and everybody in it is broken. But God is the healer and the saviour and the redeemer. And so God knows what we're facing. And in the book of James, it tells us how to face these difficulties and brokenness of the world. And then right at the end, it speaks about Elijah and how Elijah prayed. Why is that important? Because Elijah was also in a circumstance and a trial. In fact, the whole of the nation was at that time because it hadn't rained for quite a few years. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Isn't that wonderful? What James is saying is, hey, what Elijah did in his circumstance, you can also do in your circumstance. He's no different than you. He's not an angel from heaven. He's a man. And he prayed fervently, I'll come to that in a minute, that it might not rain. Three years and six months it didn't rain on the earth. But then he prayed again and heaven gave rain. Something came from heaven and earth bore its fruit. You see, what this is saying is, is that prayer is the link between heaven and earth. That's why prayer is so important. Because prayer brings heavenly influences into earthly situations. So the greatest work that God is doing on the earth is in the, wor- is in the hearts of men and women and children. He's doing it in the work. And how does he do that? He does that through prayer, through relationship with God. When we go and find out what Elijah did, um, we, we see this in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 41. And it says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of rushing of rain. Now, where was the sound? He'd heard it in the spirit. God had been speaking to him about something new that was going to come into his experience and other people's physical sound because this spiritual birthing had not yet entered the physical world. There is a sound of the rushing of rain. 
So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of the Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. That's a very important posture, because the posture that Elijah is in is in the birthing posture. This is the physical birthing posture of giving birth. This is the Old Testament. Hebrew scholars tell us this. And so there he is, and then he begins a birthing process to something that he already knows that God wants to do. How does he do it? Well, he prays, and he says to his servant, go up now and look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. He said, go again. And he came back and said, there's nothing. He said, go again. And he came back and he said, there's nothing. He said, go again. And he came back and he said that there was nothing. He said, go again. And he came back and he said that there was nothing. He said, go again. And he came back for the sixth time and he said that there was nothing. Can you see the process that is happening in that place? I know that there's some of us here tonight and we're going to God again and again and again and again and then we're fed up but then when it comes round we do it again and again and we are wondering what is going on. You see, we thought we heard the sound of rain. We thought God had spoken to us. We thought what we'd read in the scriptures was for us. We'd had that, that deep down knowing that you know that you know that God's got a plan for you, that God's got a word for you, knowing as you know as you know that God has spoken to you. And what we're normally like is we are normally sort of are so excited that God has spoken to us, revealed something to us, that we, we almost, we're like kids, with, you know, we think Christmas should be right now and every day. And, and we're expecting straight away. And so we pray once and we expect nothing happens. Can you see how important this was for James at the end of his book to use Elijah as an example for those that were going through tests and trials and also waiting for God's will to come to pass. Do you know, God is a very patient God. When you think of people like Moses and how many years it took for him to really, you know, get his destiny. Do you remember that? In those early years, he was all up for it, wasn't he? And it was like, he was there, he had the power, he was the adopted son of the Pharaoh's daughter and God had spoken to him, you're going to set my people free, and then bang, he makes a mistake, runs for his life, and lives in the desert for how many years? How many? I don't know, I forgot. I'm just... 40. 40 years. That's a long time. I wonder how many agains he had when he went to the Lord. And you think, what a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time. It was preparation. And then we know what happened to Moses. You think of Abraham, don't you? What, how, how thrilling it must have been when God came to him and he heard the sound of rain coming into his life. And God said to him, you're going to have a son. I really appreciate that, by the way. You're going to have a son. So don't call yourself Abram any longer. Call yourself Abraham, father of many nations. Wow, isn't that brilliant? But you know, was it 25 years or so? 
That's a long time. What, what were you doing 25 years ago? I was about 10. That's a long time. Someone's laughing, they don't believe me. I was about 10. What are you doing 25 years ago, if you were alive then? It's a long time. And you see, I wonder how many times Abraham went to God again. And they went to him again and again and again. And of course, the danger is, is that when that happens, is you give up or you no longer try and birth it spiritually, what do you do? You have your Ishmael. You, you, you give up on God and his word. It's understandable in many ways. And you say, well, these spiritual things aren't working, so I'd better take matters into my own hands. But James gives us the example of Elijah, so he does that. And then even the seventh time, it's a bit disappointing, really. And at the seventh time, he said, Behold, a little cloud, like a man's hand, is rising up from the sea. But you know, this was a mature man of God. A mature man of God. Just like us, he's a human being, just like us. But he was mature. He didn't give up. Why? Because he had learned the process of spiritual birthing. Now, he could have said, couldn't he, Elijah, this is silly. God told me, I heard the sound of the coming or the rushing of rain. I heard the sound of rain. Why would God allow Elijah to have to pray seven times? Why? Why? We know that God could have sent it immediately. He could have said, I hear the sound of rushing rain and then bang, it could have come, couldn't it? It could have come the first time or the second time at least. Oh, surely the third time, but the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and then the seventh, a tiny disappointing cloud. The whole nation needed, needed drink, water. The whole of the land was parched and thirsty. What is a little drop, a little cloud going to do? It's barely going to quench his own thirst. God is speaking to you today. God is prophesying through this to you about your life. And the way that God is working in you, this isn't preaching, this is prophecy. This is the word God gave me to release into your lives tonight. But God allowed it. It was the will of God for him to pray six times. And for the seventh to see a cloud. What is this? This is the process of spiritual birthing. You see, it's not just about bringing the rain and the clouds to meet the circumstance or the physical need. It was also the work that was going on in Elijah's life. It was what God, what was happening. I don't know what was going on in his life, but every time he prayed, he was birthing something. He was birthing. He was in the birth position. He was in labor, in prayer, in labor. He had the labor pains. He was, some, some ladies are having flashbacks right now. The labor pains, you know what it's like more than anybody else. I mean, I was exhausted when my wife gave birth. I was exhausted. They don't have a bed for you, do they? You, know, you get a chair, and that's about it. You know, they should have a nurse on call for the father, especially dedicated 
I nearly fainted during that. But it's nothing, is it, compared? You know, I'm, I'm glad the ladies are smiling at me. But you know that birthing process. <laughs> but when the child's born, the joy that comes. But there's a bonding that goes on in that birthing. There's something happening. There's something happening between a mother and a child. But there's something... So th this... This was not just God, God was busy at the time and uh, was on the, you know, and he was trying to, no, God was working something in Elijah's life because as Elijah was in this birthing process, it wasn't just about a cloud coming with rain to bring rain to a thirsty land. God was also birthing something in Elijah's life. What do I mean by this? Sometimes, prayer happens instantly, praise God. But when prayer happens instantly, a great deep work has not been done in our lives. Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay because God wants to do something special on the inside of you. He wants you to grow towards him. And you know what? He also wants you to appreciate what he's about to give, be, be giving you. I am convinced more than ever that God wants to do things in our lives, but he wants to bring us to a place that when they happen, we will properly appreciate them. Because there's always a warning that if God gives things too quickly, without due process in our hearts, that we won't appreciate them, we won't understand the cost, if you like, the cost of God to give to them, his own dear son, and that we'll treat them lightly, especially things of the kingdom and things about the calling on our lives. You know, you, you find this sometimes, I'm not speaking about anybody that's, that's around at the moment, but there's been times, I've been at Kensington Temple since 1990, and there's times when people have come on board to KT and uh, they take all of it for granted. Why? Well, that it was there when they came, they, they weren't part of building this or the sacrifice of former gen generations that brought the breakthrough in KT or they've never been to, to, to other places to recognize what they've got here. And so it's like they don't, you think to yourself sometimes over the years, I've seen, thought, you don't really value what we have here because there was no birthing process in your life to bring it to pass. This is an important principle because when you get a generation of pioneers in a church context and you hear of churches that are pioneered and grown and, and the sacrifice that went into it, the people that sacrificed, the people that gave and gave and gave of their lives to it, when that blessing comes and the growth starts, they appreciate it. They are godly jealous over it. And there's always a danger in the next generation because what happens is people come in on that success, on that blessing, that which has been birthed. And so the next generations of congregations you have to be very careful with because they can just expect everything, take it for granted because why? They were never part of the birthing process. That's why, you've, that's why a woman has got such a strong bond with her child. You gave birth to that child. And when you see that child grow... You see things happen to that child, good or for bad. It has an incredible uh, effect on you. Why? Because you carried that child for nine months. That's, that, that's not an easy thing to do. 
You gave birth to that child, and of course you were involved in bringing up that child. But your ownership in that child is so powerful because you birthed that child. And so there's things that God wants, I'm prophesying. There's things that God wants in our experience. Things. Things he's promised. There's the sound of rain. It is God that's spoken to you in some of these things. It, God has spoken to many who are listening to me tonight. He has spoken to you. He has spoken to you, many of you tonight. You've heard the sound of rain. But God wants to bring you to a place where when that rain comes, you are ready, grateful, and able to carry it. Able to carry it. Able to carry the dream when it comes to pass. God even warned the children of Israel. He said, when you come into the promised land, the land of milk and honey, and all these wonderful things, do not forget the Lord your God, who gave you power to get this wealth and this blessing. Don't forget him. Why? Because the problem was that if it came too easy, well, that's what you do to spoil, spoil children, don't you? Spoiled children, you can give them something and it's like, well, yeah, yeah, great, toss it aside, what's next? Somebody, you know, as we, some of the money that we give in the um, offering for the Thanksgiving is going to go to getting gifts for children, refugee children in London that wouldn't normally, wouldn't be able to get a Christmas gift and we do it through Kensington, Chelsea and things like that and, and our, some of the missions money that you've given to Romania, we've taken some of that money and we get, we've also got presents for children, gypsy children, and children in great poverty in Romania, around the villages. And through that Romanian church, they're going to take those presents and give gifts to children that wouldn't get, get a gift otherwise. And I, and I bring that up, not just so that you know what we're doing Thanksgiving and everything, but those children, what do you think they're going to think when they get that present? They're going to value it, aren't it? But you can imagine all these, like, English, American children, you know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, I didn't, that's not the iPod model I wanted. It doesn't have enough memory for my iTunes. Ah, oh, what? God wants new things into our lives, but there is a process, and the process is as, as, is as important as the manifestation. In fact, more important, because God can manifest in a moment. There are great manifestations coming to this house. And there are great manifestations that God wants to come into your life. But there's a process. And the process is even more important than those manifestations that could come in a moment's time. Submit yourself to the process, like Elijah did. I mean, look at the patience of Elijah, the endurance of Elijah. It's a, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Just kept praying. He just kept birthing. Keep pushing, ladies. You know what I'm Keep pushing. Push. One more time. One more time. Push. 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 Are there any uh, midwives in the house tonight? No. Where, where, where? You're a midwife as well, Sue. Excellent. Well, you know what it is to get alongside somebody and help them in the birthing process. And you know, that's what we're meant to be doing with one another. That's what I'm trying to do. Get along one another. See God's hand on people and help them and encourage them in that birthing. Only they can do it ultimately, but you can get alongside them. And so he prayed 
and he prayed, and he prayed. And like I said, often what comes is a cloud. Often, before the full rain, will come a disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed in the Christian life? Okay. Everybody's laughing. That means yes. Often what comes will be a disappointment. You know, God, God has spoken and you've got these desires and everything like that. And nothing's happening, but you believe in God, you believe in God, you believe in God, you believe in God. And then the servant comes back and says, guess what? And you go, yes. Yeah, well, it's the size of a hand. Oh. Oh, right. This isn't what I expected, Lord. It hasn't come in the way that I had dreamed or the way that I had thought or the way that I had prayed. It hasn't quite come. It's there, but it's very small. There's times in my life when I've been believing God for something and I've been expecting a superabundance and I've got just enough to keep going. You know, I'm believing God for this. Lord, I'm believing and you're going to bless me and this is what you've spoken to me about. I can't wait for the manifestation. I'm thinking big, 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 big. And then what comes is just about, I mean, it's like, if it was any smaller, Lord, I couldn't see it. It's almost, there's a cloud the size of a hand. Oh, thank you. Thank you. If it was any smaller, wouldn't even, thanks a lot. So is that, that the sound of it? But notice Elijah. Said, that's it, let's go. That's it, let's go. He knew it was the beginnings. This is how God works, people. He works like yeast, hidden in the bread. He's working, it's happening. He works like the mustard seed. God works quietly, silently, hiddenly, hiddenly. He, had, he works not in the great palaces of the world, but in the stables. Stables. That's what he does. Comes as a carpenter. This is the way. Great things start with small manifestations. And what God does is when that small thing sees, when you see the seed form, or you see the, uh, the shoot, don't despise it. Is that it? I'm praying for an oak tree and I've got to shoot this. Is that it? I'm praying for a mighty apple tree, millions of apples. And it, is that it? And it grows a bit. Is that it? It's the beginning. And you will grow with your manifestation. You will grow. When that hand comes, when, that, when you see the glimpse of the breakthrough or you see God's blessing on a little Whatever it is God's doing in you and working with you and promising you, and you see that little thing, bless it. Because you will grow. Your gifting will grow. Your breakthroughs will grow. You will grow with the manifestation. You'll grow with it. And so he knew, he knew that was it. That was enough for him and he went away and the manifestation came. Lord, we come to you and we give you thanks for your word to our hearts, Lord. Holy Spirit, what incredible God you are. You've got nothing to prove to anybody. You've got nothing to prove. You don't need to prove to false religion. You don't need to prove to the kings and rulers of this world. You don't need to prove anything to the principalities.
You don't need to prove anything to yourself. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. And so you delight to work behind the scenes in the small things, the hidden things, the unknown things and the discarded things like those men that you've touched tonight that you're going to raise up in the things of God. Those broken-hearted men. They're going to be brought back, restored, and put on God's front line again. Hallelujah. And may it be in this church if possible, Lord. And you're working, Lord. You, don't, you are in charge. You are working. You're not asleep. We may have gone to you once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times. It's not that you're ignoring us. It's that you're working in us. How many people know the times when you're desperate for God, desperate for a breakthrough? God is doing something deep down in your heart that's more and, more and greater than the manifestation could ever be. Holy Spirit, we call upon you. Let's stand on our feet today. Let's call on the Lord again. Maybe you've been to him once, twice, three times, four times. Well, here we are again, Lord. It's another Holy Spirit fire service. It's another Sunday, but we're here again. Why, Lord? Because we're pressing in like Elijah. We're coming back, not just on a service, I'm using that as an illustration, but we're coming back again and again and again and again and again until we see the hand. We believe we are seeing the hand. So, Lord, we come to you. We open our lives to you. We, we, we yield to the birthing process. We yield to the birthing process, Lord. Ministry team, come forward, please. We're just, we're just going to respond to this word and get some things sorted on our heart right now. And if, if you need to leave, you can leave. But I, I would encourage you to dwell if you can for a bit. And just let the, If you need prayer on anything here tonight, anything you need, it's good to have someone pray with you. And during this time, you can come forward and, and pray. During this worship time as well, um, there'll be some buckets going by. If you want to give your Thanksgiving offering because you're not here on Wednesday, then you can do that. If not, just pass the bucket by. So students, if you can get ready for that, and you can just uh, get to that. Holy Spirit, fill us, Lord. And we press in right now for fire. When we say we press in for fire, we're saying we're pressing in for passion. We're pressing in for cleansing. We're, we're pressing in for empowering. We're, we're pressing in for a fresh strengthening of the work of God. When we're calling for fire, we're calling for God to come in our lives. If you want prayer, leave your seats. Offering will go later on. Let's just press in right now in Jesus' name.